Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 803. Chapter 123, The Spinning Leaf. The next morning, Bashet came to collect me, just as I was finishing my breakfast. Come, she said. Carceret has been praying for a storm all night, but it's only gusting. I didn't know what that meant, but I didn't feel like asking either. I returned my wooden plate and turned around to find Penthe standing there, a slight yellowish bruise along her jawline. Penthe didn't say anything, merely gripped my arm in an open show of support. Then she hugged me tightly. I was surprised when her head only came up to my chest. I'd forgotten how small she was. The dining room was even more quiet than normal, and while no one was staring, everyone was watching. Bashet walked me to the tiny park where we had first met and began our usual limbering stretch. The routine of it relaxed me, lulling my anxiety to a dull rumble. When we were finished, Bashet led me down into the hidden valley of the sword tree. I wasn't surprised. Where else would the test take place? There were a dozen people scattered in the open field around the tree. Most of them were dressed in mercenary reds, but I saw three wearing lighter clothes. I guess they were important members of the community, or perhaps retired mercenaries still involved with the school. Bashet pointed toward the tree. At first I thought she was drawing my attention to the motion of it. It was, as she had said, a rather blustery day, and the branches lashed wildly at the empty air. Then I saw a glint of metal against its trunk. Looking more closely, I could see a sword there, tied to the trunk of the tree. I thought of Selene dancing around the sharp leaves to slap the trunk of the tree. Of course. And that's the end of the page! I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Now, this is not the end of the page in my book, but I do feel like it's a very, like, final, like, yes. Like, this is the end of the page. Like, of course, it's the end of the page. Yeah, it's a very good spot to end it. Uh, Recently, Neil Gaiman admitted to intentionally uh, putting surprises on left pages of comics, uh, not of his novels, in a a Tumblr ask, which I think, you know, makes sense in the form of a comic. Yeah, absolutely. Structuring a comic around a page turn is a really important writing technique. But that's because when you script a comic, you are you control how many panels are on the page. You know what's going to be on each page. And there's no like printing different editions of a comic where like the panels are not arranged in the same way. God, that would be so confusing. I mean, that happens sometimes, right? Like when they do reprints and uh, sometimes there's full page bleeds that that don't make it in properly or I've, I've definitely seen that happen. There are like constraints of the printing form when you print like uh, if you have a two page spread in a comic that doesn't have a spine, like you can see the whole image because the comic will spread out flat on its back. Whereas in a book with a spine, something is going to, you know, get lost kind of in the center. It's, I don't think it's the same thing. And furthermore, many comic books are now like aware of this. So the artists are at pains to not put important information right in the middle of the spread. I'm trying to think of a bit involving a spineless comic, like uh, 
like a cowardly one? Well, for that, you'd have to consult the X-Men's classic villain, Mojo, ruler of his like TV universe uh, and dictator of the Spineless Ones, a race of beings without spines. Ah. I thought a spineless comic was just a funny person who went up on stage and then lost their nerve and went back. <laughs> You're welcome. That was this, good. Yeah, That's I think great. in this battle of the bits, Jordana is the victor. That's right. <laughs> well played, Jordana. Have we talked about Penthe's name before? Uh, Probably, but please go on. Well, uh, I'm surprised that it hasn't come up because Penthe's name sounds an awful lot like Nepenthe, which mm-hmm. it's a word you might recognize from the Raven. Indeed. It's a word that first appeared in Homer's Odyssey in uh, Greek, and it uh, refers to a magical drink that cures sorrow. Oh. Well, she's she certainly like plays that role, I feel like, in... Uh in this part of the book indeed when she shows up she is like generally the the thing that is less sad <laughs> yeah I, I would even argue that throughout her appearances in this book she is a nepenthe for quote and carceret is perhaps a cancer <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe because you know and, and i i'm not being glib i think the name is meant to evoke that yeah i i would not put that past rothfuss at all and there's at least two games and or movies where there's a bad guy named carcer i'm sure of this oh i didn't know that it's just like a good name for a carcer you know like sorry for a for a bad guy like uh you know if you're in an action movie if you're an action hero and uh you encounter an industrialist named i don't know edric carcer you know that guy's a bad guy well you know he's bad because he has a loathsome anglo-saxon name edric disgusting I uh, I was thinking on Penthe's name this morning, actually. I walked by uh, a big truck. I, I don't know what it was carrying, but it had a brand name on it. And the brand name was Penske. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that looks kind of like Penthe. And that's the end of my story. Thanks. <laughs> cool story, bro. Yeah, I know. It's f- interesting to me. We have been talking a lot about the sword tree and how important it is to the school. I guess because we've all read this book before, I was like, oh, yes, of course, the sword tree is the place where they conduct their initiation ritual. But that's not actually textual until now. Quoth doesn't realize that until now. Yeah, and we've seen the hint. The hint was when Kellyanne was was playing with it, uh, essentially like play acting like she was doing her test, which is an interesting bit of flavor to that. I also kind of like the idea that they totally don't mind if you like go and practice your test. Like, I mean, obviously Vash had scolded yeah, her. She but got it wasn't balled like, out. I think they do mind. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't like a taboo, right? It's, it's something that you sneak away to do when you're seven and everyone just sort of, you well, know, you, you don't get do it because it's dangerous, right? I guess so. But like in, you know, it, it, I'm in mind, and perhaps this is just because it's top of mind for me because I'm on Tumblr. I'm in mind of the locked tomb where like the the thing that is the central uh, element of the, you know, the, the fantasy culture where we start the setting is the tomb itself. And it's like unthinkable that you would open the tomb. Uh, whereas here it's, you know, it's like you get a scolding, you get a stern talking to, but it's, it's also, it seems to me like the kind of thing, like we all did it. Like we all snuck off and, and tagged the sword tree when we were that age. It was, you know. We were silly to do it, but, you know, it's like it's like uh, riding a sled into a ravine during the fall. You know, it's like a dumb thing that everyone's done some version of when they were a teenager. I mean, to be fair, I've only ridden a sled into a ravine in the winter. Okay, well, we can't all be Calvin. 
<laughs> no, we can't, much that we wish we could. I don't know if I completely agree with that reading. I think that it might, I think it's less taboo than playing music, but I think it is perhaps still a taboo to approach the sword tree if you're not doing your test. But I also think that we're not given a whole lot of context for, like, we aren't told why exactly Kellyanne is being uh, scolded. Uh, and Quoth offers up a variety of interpretations. So I regretfully must say that this is one where it is open to interpretation. In my mind's eye, when I remember this scene, it was like full. Everyone had come, but there's only a dozen people. This is an invite only affair. Apparently it's not like a the town isn't all didn't all turn out to watch. I think that happens later when he does the stone test. Right. But in this particular scene, it's just, you know, a dozen people. And as we learn on a future page, they are VIPs primarily. This also might have something to do with what Vashet was saying earlier that like they don't if they wait too much longer to do the test, various people in the town will have grown too fond of him for it to be easily brushed off to hack off his fingers or kill him. So this might also be a function of like we don't want everybody in town to see what's about to happen here for better or for worse. Indeed. Also, also just, you know, for people who haven't figured it out yet, the logo for our podcast right now is the sword tree in case people were wondering why did you pick was. that Trinetta? even though the cafe wasn't in the first book it feels like it's a thing that's important all of the time whereas the sword tree felt very specific to this book does that make so sense? you'll pick another tree for the third season i of this have show? no idea are you what telling me that our logo changed between the first season and the second season <laughs> i am offended that you did not notice well i've been using the same picture the whole time like are when you, you sure posted? i'm pretty sure that uh that you've been uploading the wise man's fear picture I've, I've been uploading the one that you gave me but i know i had no idea that you changed I probably the gave you the wise man's fear picture when we rotated out <laughs> i am offended although they are meant to look very similar one has butterflies and one has spinning leaves. But I guess there's there's going to be people out there who didn't know that. So I'm so glad I mentioned it. <laughs> oh, no, You know what, Jordana, now that I'm looking at it, it does have little leaves on it. And I remember that the other one had butterflies. So I guess I'm just not a very observant person. And it, the other one's also like more like bumpy and knotted, whereas this one is more straight. Uh, real heads, no. Real heads, no. I think that one might be misled to think that it's called the sword tree because there's a sword tied to the trunk of the tree. But that is misleading. But it's called the sword tree because the leaves are as sharp as a sword's blade, right? That is my interpretation. Yes, that is also yes. yes. The, the sword isn't the only thing that's tied there, as we will learn. It's not Indeed. just like that they've strapped a sword to it to let I, you know what it does uh it's part of the test theoretically his life is tied to it <laughs> and we have learned already that it's sharp right or is this the first time we and we've already heard it called the sword tree yes okay yes and the latantha right we have a brief letter today and it is uh mailbag. well it's not the last of our mailbag but uh it's the last in the chamber i think for this little stretch of episodes we'll move quickly and uh, and forego letters but please write to us at pageofthewind.gmail.com this letter is from gary who writes hi pagers i may be too much of an optimist here but i absolutely think patrick rothis would be willing to come on your show as you finish book two this inspired me to ask how would you want rothis to pay homage to the three of you in book three signed gary oh wow that does feel like a presumptuous question to answer but i think we should be three people in a tavern who then get horribly murdered by you know, some supernatural evil. Um, also, <laughs> like, it's way too late. 
Like that's obviously never like that's a that's a that's not just a dream. It's a it's an imp- it's an impossibility because Rothfuss was had already decided what he was going to do with the Doors of Stone by the time we like actually yeah, but started Jordan, this podcast. I, the, the the text has not been like published. He can go in and make changes up till the very last second. So yeah, I'm sure yeah, his I'd, editors would love that. Uh, I'd be perfectly happy to just like in passing they mentioned the three pedantic scholars mm-hmm. uh, whose names you know slightly evoke ours. Uh, you know, it doesn't need to be whole characters in the book. I'm I think it would happy. be really funny if there was like. <laughs> A person who they might offhandedly mention whose name was Jordanic. Yeah, there you go. That One of those so would be funny. a traveling bard, not even a poet, but just kind of like a, a, a town crier, annoying all passersby in, in bite-sized chunks of, of uh, warbling and cackling. Or like if someone is like yelling at their child, like, hey, Jordanic, get off the fence. Yeah. No, I, okay, here, here's my actual answer. It's uh, I would like to... Uh, as they are searching the archives, they encounter, you know, among a stack of other books, they encounter a book by Jerdanic the Pedant, which is an overlong analysis of uh, whatever the equivalent of like a cult uh, book is. Maybe there's like a play and it's like an overly long, complicated, pedantic analysis of one of the plays that Quoth is passingly familiar with. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's my actual answer. I love that. Listeners, you'll have good answers to all your questions on tomorrow's page. Of the Win Rothfuss come on our show. <laughs>